When you think of gardening, you probably envision this amazing green, lush space where everything is growing, a combination of vegetables, fruits, and flowers. Harvest is always a success. And the soil, watering, sunshine is just perfect all year long. And let's not even talk about the gardener who's keeping all this magic going. Well, I'm here to tell you that it's not always the case. Gardeners do lots of trial and errors, which is how you learned and what works and what doesn't work in your garden. Each garden is different. Hi, I'm Leggy, and I'm a gardener by hobby. I started gardening a few years ago, just like you probably want to start today. This is L Green's Lifestyle, and on this space, I'll be sharing my garden progress and, of course, passing that knowledge on what I've learned while gardening and harvesting. We'll also learn from pro gardeners and veterans who have been on this path way longer than me. At the same time, who doesn't like a good conversation by a garden? I do. So I'll have guests. We'll talk about their lifestyles and how they have enriched their gardens of life and of course, within themselves and others. Hello, welcome to the next show. I am super psyched and excited to bring you what's next. And because the spring is right around the corner, and of course, you want to start your gardening, and I want you to start it as well, I decided that there are going to be three easy crops I can introduce to you. One of them is arugula. The next one is radish. And the last one is going to be eggplants. Of course, there are many other plant vegetables that you can grow that are super easy as well. But you know what? We have to start somewhere. So let's go. And here's a quick tip. If you don't know the last spring frost in your area, which I don't expect you to know that. I don't know that. If you go to the website, almanac.com, that's part of the Old Farmer's Almanac information super helpful for a lot of gardening tips and a lot of good info but if you go there and you look for the last frost in your city where you are it'll tell you when the last frost will be for the year so this one i looked up a few cities for example bronx new york your last spring frost is at around april 5th and then the first fall frost is at around november 9th which gives you a growing season of 217 days. That's pretty amazing. So when you look up this information in almanac.com, you don't only get the date of the last spring frost, you get the whole thing. So you get the last frost um, date, you get the first fall frost, and it gives you an estimate, a good estimate of what your growing season is. If you are here, for example, where I am in Queen Creek, Arizona, it says that our last spring frost is and was at around February 12th. Now, I've been tracking the weather on my end, so that's about right. And then it says that our first fall frost for this year is going to be at around December 3rd, which is going to give us a growing season of 293 days. That's pretty amazing. Now, if you're in Tampa, right, you're going to enjoy this <laughs> because... Your last spring frost was at around January 31st. How awesome is that? And then it says that your first 
fall frost is really going to be at around January 3rd of next year. So your growing season is going to be just over 338 days. Hello, that's really amazing. What does this all mean? It just means you gotta grow, you should grow, right? What you are going to consume because it's going to help you during that growing season to advance what you really want to use and of course, consume. Arugula is super easy, so let's go back to it. You can definitely grow arugula in containers if you don't have space for a raised bed. Personally, I like growing seeds for arugula in my raised bed. But if I start earlier, right in, right before the last frost here, then I'll start them indoor and then I'll transplant them outside. Now the way to transplant your plants, whether it's arugula or anything, is once you have the third leaf. If you're growing from seed, you'll notice first leaf and then second leaf. When the third leaf comes out, it's going to tell you your plant is getting stronger and it's going to get ready to transplant. Now, from the third leaf on, you're definitely ready to transplant. Don't go the very next day and transplant this fourth third leaf. <laughs> Give it a couple of days. But what I'm trying to say is the minute you know your little seedlings are ready to be transplanted outside is after your third leaf. It's usually the strongest of the plant. Now make sure that soil, you keep it moist, but please do not keep the soil oversaturated with water, okay? Because it's not going to allow your roots to really thrive the way they need to be. So keep it moist, but not overly saturated. Remember that. You can usually harvest your arugula um, at around four to eight weeks. The arugula is a fast-growing crop once established and once the soil is working really good. So that's going to be an easy crop for you. And of course, you're going to enjoy it really quick. You don't have to wait that long. Now, if you don't want your arugula to reseed, just be sure to cut the arugula flowers, okay? Because if not, it's definitely going to reseed. Now, if you are looking for a good companions for your arugula, remember that carrots are going to be really good. Cucumbers, beets are totally recommended. You can grow them with your arugula. There are around four varieties of arugula you can try to grow. You have the Italian arugula. You have the wasabi arugula. There's an astro arugula. And of course, it's a heirloom rustic arugula that you can find. Each of this offers a different flavor. So some may be a little bit stronger than others, a little bit sweeter than others. But try to grow any one of these types and see which one's your best. Arugula has a short growing waiting time, which makes it an ideal crop for more the reason, right? So you can harvest the leaves once they have reached at around four to six inches long. You can harvest, harvest, harvest. You can harvest anymore. <laughs> arugula grows pretty good. So also you're going to feel free to share your arugula if that is what you want. And if you're wondering what are the benefits of consuming arugula? Well, it is a great source of vitamin K. And this leafy green also acts as a natural booster. So any impurities you have in your body and like your liver, you can like get that out. 
but it helps your body, right, to get that. It's not like the magic pill. <laughs> Don't go growing a bunch of arugula thinking it's just going to clean your liver and that's it. Um, but it's a great source for that. So that vitamin K is going to help. And it also is a great source of calcium. One more thing, this plant, this vegetable, this leafy green is not toxic to pets. And of course, our next one is radish, and this is a root vegetable. Now, this crop is fast growing and it's going to make you look like an amazing professional gardener because it is super easy to grow. Now, I recommend to not plant the radish too close because remember, it's going to grow, right? You don't want it to be on top of each other. So when you plant the seed, um, just do it from seed, of course. Make sure that you have a space at around 12 to 18 inches apart on this one. Now, the best soil temperatures to grow radish is between 65 to 75 degrees Fahrenheit. That is ideal, right? But if it's like 75 degrees, 80, don't be afraid. Just do it. Now for your radish, once you plant them, make sure that you get a spot that's at least receiving six hours of sun. That's going to help you a lot in this crop. And of course, once planted and after your first frost, you can expect to harvest radish at around four to ten weeks once planted. So make sure you complete that harvest before the weather gets hot because radish the taste of it will change once the temperatures get a little hot. When you're growing your radish, make sure that your radish bed is moist and not wet because that super wet bed can cause the roots to split and rot, and you don't want that. But if you keep your soil too dry and you don't water it as much, then your radish is not going to taste as good. So keep your radish bed moist. But if you're growing it in containers, just make sure that soil is moist because it's going to help you a lot on the taste and everything. So now what are some of the benefits of radish? You're probably wondering. I have to tell you that these contain antioxidants. Radish is a superfood. And of course, it's going to help improve the function of your stomach and your liver. So definitely to grow this easy crop because the benefits are incredible. And of course, if you're looking to add a great vegetable companion to your salad, remember that arugula you're growing, <laughs> you can add radish to it. So chop them up and enjoy. So grow. Now we have arugula and radish. Now, how many types of radish you think there are? Well, there are over a hundred types of radish, but I've narrowed down to six, so we can just talk about them. One of the first radish I've narrowed down to is the red radish. It's your typical round radish, right? Which is what you picture when I say radish. You're probably thinking about round and red, which is great. These ones are firm, they're crisp, and they have like a bright red, of course, color to them. And they are, of course, rich in calcium. So add this one to yours. The next radish I'm going to talk about is the watermelon radish. Now this one, the exterior of this is kind of like green on the top and then it's mostly white skin. But once you 
cut it inside. It resembles a watermelon, which is really good. And it's like a reddish pink interior. So it's super, super beautiful once you cut this in rounds. This one is ideal. Now the flavor for this one is like a mild, slightly sweet one for this watermelon radish. So if you haven't tried it, definitely look for it. Now the next radish is more of an Asian variety and it's called a daikin radish or more known as the Chinese white radish. Now this is more of a winter radish and it can grow up to like 16 to 18 inches long. So it kind of resembles a carrot per se, if you want to picture this better. And then one of the benefits or some of the benefits of this particular radish is that it's packed with antioxidants of vitamin C, fiber, and folate. The flavor of this one is sweet and mild. And not only you can enjoy this in salads raw, but you can also make a great addition to stir fries with this one. You can bake it or you can boil it for like soups or stews. And of course, you can steam them as well. So if you want to grow a variety that is not just a typical red radish, you can look for the Asian variety and grow it as well. The next radish I personally have not grown, but I've read about it and it's called the black radish, also known as the black Spanish radish. Now, this is a really good radish. It has not been as popular, but when you find it, give it a try and taste it. It is also a variety for the winter radish, so you can grow this one when it's cooler. The exterior of this variety is black skin as the name calls it, and the interior of it is white. So this type tends to be a little bigger than your spring types of radish, so keep that in mind as well. And if you eat this raw, I've heard that you can expect the taste to be kind of earthy, a little bitter, maybe so spicy, um, but the flavor of it is just amazing. So. I'm planning on growing this probably for the fall, definitely because our summers come pretty quick here once it starts getting warmer. So once I grow this black radish um, or Spanish, black Spanish radish, I'll be posting it on my Instagram so you can see how it is. Now for this, you're probably wondering what kind of nutrition does a black radish offers? From what I found, it looks like it has tons of vitamin C, has potassium, great in iron, and magnesium. It also looks like it carries vitamins A, E, and B. And it looks like another benefit of this root vegetable is that it contains something called glucosinolate, which is a pythonutrient that can boost liver detox and help digestion. Now here's a fun fact I found about black radish. It, it was considered sacred in ancient Egypt and it was widely used both in culinary and medicinal applications just like garlic and onions were. That's pretty interesting. Now here's our next one is the cherry bell radish. And just like the name says, you can expect it to be like a cherry color. It has a crisp crunch 
and mild flavor, which makes it great for salads. One great thing about this variety is that it is frost tolerant. So that's super good if you want to get started on that one in your zone just before your frost. So if you plant it and once it's growing, you get frost, you don't need to worry about it because this one is a frost tolerant. That's your cherry bell radish. And this variety can be ready in about 24 days if you plant it in early spring. So go ahead and get started. Now my last radish that I wanna talk about is called fire and ice radish. And just like the name says it, the skin color is like that, is red and white. So it starts red on the top and as it goes down, it turns white or more like a cream color. Now this one grows about four inches long and it is a mild and sweet. Now this variety can be ready to harvest in about 25 days, it's pretty amazing. So unlike the previous variety, which was the cherry radish, this one is not tolerant to frost. So make sure you plant this fire and ice radish after your first frost. Now, if you want to preserve your radish, here's a trick. Just get rid of the leaves on the top, all the leaves, and then wrap in a plastic wrap. Just wrap the roots in a plastic wrap, removes all the leaves, and then it can last in your fridge at around five days. Of course, most of these varieties, you can enjoy them in a salad. Yummy! And or if you need an ingredient for a great sandwich, they will make a good addition as well. Last but not least about the radish, they are not poisonous to pets and they're non-toxic either. So this is a good one if you have pets. Now next on my list is a great crop that I love. Of course, that's eggplants. I think they're easy to grow. There are some tips about them. I have grown eggplants and I have been super happy with my results. So for this one, the ideal soil for eggplants is going to be a bit sandy soil. So you can have good soil and then you can mix it a little bit with like sand if you want to because it's going to help you. Now don't oversaturate it with sand. You are going to good, get a nice mix with your current soil just so your soil can be sandy and those roots can expand without issue. Make sure that you are raised bed where you have this eggplants or your container. Right? If you're going to grow it in containers, make sure it's well drained. And you can also add organic matter such as compost manure or chopped leaves because this is not only going to enrich the soil, but it's also going to help retain moisture, which is key to this. Remember, it's not super wet but to retain the moisture in your raised bed or in your container for your eggplants. Now, eggplants, they preferred a bit of an acidic soil. So if you're only growing eggplants in that area or in that smaller raised bed or just in your container, you're going to be okay. You can make it acidic soil and that's fine. But if you're going to grow your eggplants in a raised bed where you're also going to have other vegetables that need more of a neutral soil then do not worry because your eggplants can do just fine if you have soil that's a bit more neutral so that's okay on that 
So everything you have is going great for your eggplant. It's growing great. And by the way, the flowers of the eggplants are just beautiful. So enjoy them when you can. Make sure you get some good pollinator flowers around it so your pollinators can help you with that fruit that you need, that vegetable. But um, when you're growing eggplants, you're probably wondering, when would I get an eggplant? When would I see the actual fruit growing? Well, when you grow it from seeds, eggplants can take at around 70 days to harvest, which is around mm, 10 weeks for that. So one plant of, you know, eggplants, it can produce four to six eggplants. It's also going to depend on the variety of eggplants you get. If you don't want to grow this for seed, that's perfectly fine. You can go to your nursery and just find the eggplants now spring. So there's a lot of good plants and baby plants out there ready waiting for you. Keep that in mind. You don't need to grow this for seed, but I have grown these ones from seed. So I've seen them from the time they're babies to the time they give me some good eggplants. And this is another one you're probably wondering, well, how many types of eggplants are there? There are around 17 plants of eggplants, 17 varieties, which is pretty good. Some of the most popular eggplants you will find is one called the globe eggplant. There's another one called the Italian eggplant. And there's another one called the Ophelia eggplant. Those are pretty popular. Um, but there are other types of eggplants, of course, you can grow. They're great, they're variety. Now, you don't need to grow eggplants on trellis, but if you want to, you can definitely grow them in a trellis or like in an arch. Um, I've seen those gardens and they look really nice when those eggplant babies come out. Now, some of the benefits for the eggplant is that they have fiber and antioxidants like vitamin C, vitamin A. Eggplants also have a natural chemical that is called polyphenols. And this one helps cells do a better job of processing sugar. So that was an interesting fact to know about this one. Now, if you're wondering about your pets and eggplants. Now, eggplants are nightshade family. And that means that it's a highly toxic for cats. Now, when it comes to dogs, it's not super highly toxic, but please make sure that your dogs is not consuming the leaves or the stems because it contains solane. And that is toxic to cats and potentially dogs. So please keep your pets away from your eggplants and you don't want them to even get to them. I know my pup loves to chew on things, so I keep them totally away from, from plants that are nightshade, in the nightshade family, like eggplants are. And just like that, we conclude this episode. Now you know that you can grow arugula from seed, radish from seed, and of course, eggplant from seed. Hope you enjoy all the information here and definitely Tag me on your growing of these greens at L Greens Lifestyles at our Instagram, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to another show. Please remember that you can always catch this podcast wherever you prefer to listen to your podcast. 
Of course, you can click a like and a follow. I would really appreciate that. And of course, spread the love. You can click the link and share this podcast with your favorite people. Thank you again. And if you are on social media, I am on Instagram. You can click and follow at L apostrophe greens lifestyles in Instagram. Thank you again. And we'll see you for the next show. Thank <laughs> you.